is Free Talk Live. It is the Labor Day edition of the program. We are here to take your phone calls about whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free. 800-259-9231. That uh, is the SACL-CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You, of course, can bring up anything. The show will uh, proceed as it always does with Ian here. And Mark. And your phone calls. Again, 800-259-9231. I'm going to call or we're going to start things out with a special call here tonight. Uh, Brooke Kelly is with us uh, on the line. Hello, Brooke. Are you there? What's up? Hey, Brooke, you're calling from New Hampshire tonight, and uh, I was pretty excited to see this weekend that uh, you had posted to your Facebook account that you were officially making the move from your former home uh, in New Orleans up here to uh, to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. I am. It's true. Y'all finally got me. I can't believe it. It just sounds <laughs> weird just saying that I'm moving here. It sounds weird, and you're already here. I mean, how much stuff do you have to bring up? Uh, what's your point? At what point are you at in your moving process? Well, I bought, or I got, I got a one-way ticket up here, and uh, I just wanted to spend some time. This is my first extended stay here, and I just fell in love. I didn't know that. I didn't mean to search around as if I was looking to move somewhere, but that just seems to be what's happened. And. So now I'm going to go back and get all my stuff at the end of the month. So I guess I'll start paying rent. It'll be official in October. But I can't believe I'm going to live here in the winter. This is crazy how cold it gets here. <laughs> it does get cold. It does get cold. Luckily, we've got heated cars and uh, and heated uh, homes, and there are ways to, to, to manage that sort of thing. And, and uh, you know, I think what's most interesting uh, about what you've said here, and this is from your your Facebook profile, where you said initially you didn't feel very welcome uh, here in New Hampshire, but then you realized something. What changed for you? Why did you feel that way initially? And then what uh, what did you come to realize? Well, I kind of just got the feeling that everybody wanted me to move here just so they can get more numbers. And, you know, I, I didn't get it wasn't a bad thing. It's just that no one I guess no one really reached out to me um, in particular. And I didn't really have like what I felt like was a good friend here. I always came here and hung out with friends from all over the country. So um, I, I, I don't know when I came to visit, it just it's, things just started to click. And I mean, I realized that it's not that anyone was being unwelcoming at all. It's just that, you know, people were, they're just wrapped up in their projects and stuff, and they want you to come over here and work on it with them. So you've been here a few times. I mean, we've met you a number of times over at uh, the Liberty Forum and uh, the Porcupine Freedom Festival, Uh, but it wasn't until you decided to come up outside of those events when that uh, welcoming atmosphere really kind of hit home for you. Is that right? Right. Well, I came for the Live for Your Die Fest that just ended. And what's interesting about that is that the general consensus around here is that it's not a, a great event, um, or at least I guess we, go, we all go to Port Fest because we're getting to hang out with all of our friends. And I really like Live for Your Die. I like to see that they're reaching out into the community, and there was a lot of people there who weren't necessarily activists or even interested in politics, and we were able to reach out to some of them. And I, I also got to see a little bit more about agorism, and I've gone to different cities now I've seen that there's different communities and um, if you don't feel welcome in one area for some reason or another if you don't feel like civil disobedience is your thing and maybe don't fit in in Keene there's all kinds of places that I didn't even know about because everybody was advertising Keene but there's Manchester and uh, Grafton and the Domes and there's just a lot going on here 
Yeah, it's, uh, there are a lot of different communities, and, and certainly on Free Talk Live, you'll hear more about Keene because that's where we live, but uh, there are lots of different places for lots of different people. Yeah, absolutely. Well, oh, go ahead, Brooke. I'm stoked about it, so... <laughs> yeah, I, I thought so, too. I mean, simply because you, you're, you're a fairly visible personality within the, the liberty movement. Um, I mean, not only a, an attractive uh, young lady, but you, you've got your, uh, your video blog that you're doing uh, and people are following you. And uh, what's the best way for people to, uh, to you know, to kind of uh, follow along with what Brooke is doing? Uh, well, I'm on Facebook, but I'm maxed out on friends. So if you send a friend request, put a note on it, um, talking about mention Free Talk Live so I know or send me an email to get through. But I'm also at uh, Simply Seeking Freedom. And, um, oh, and you can look me up on Facebook by The Truth Fairy. So I go by The Truth Fairy. But you can also look me up on, on at simplyseekingfreedom.com, and then I'll take you to all of my stuff. Okay, simplyseekingfreedom.com. Brooke Kelly making the move to uh, well, New Hampshire. Just so people would know why they would want to look you up, let's uh, let's talk about some of your activism, some of the stuff that that you're into. I know you're you've been at the the last two G20 protests out there. Um, tell me some of the other things that you, that you've done. Uh, how about uh, the, what's the the freedom rides and, and that sort of thing? Well, I've been traveling around the country. Last year, I traveled around and. We uh, filmed for different projects. I traveled with a partner, and we did a lot of street theater for that. And then this year I've been working on uh, filming for Puzzled, which is a Liberty reality show, which is really good. It follows um, uh, several different activists from all over the country doing different types of activism and how they how which brings us to current because um, because we've all sort of evolved out of this. You know, where I'm not just wanting to travel around and and make a major stop out of everything, but it's like I, I really want to do activism that's hard hitting and it's really going to send a message, and and not just be activism just for the sake of you know activism. Well, that, that was going to be my my next question was uh, I mean, Brooke, you, you like you said you've been kind of traveling around New Hampshire a little bit, seeing some of the different areas and uh, and getting a taste of some of the different activism forms happening here. What is it you're most excited about doing up here in New Hampshire? Meeting more new people. It was so awesome to live for your die fast. Like all these getting to just, I just had just so much time to barely speak to so many unique personalities here. It's unbelievable. I'm excited about not having to hold my breath when I get pulled over by the cops and. You know, not, uh, here it's like we're protected. It's like anything that I mean, and I know it's not the the free state, like they say it's the free state, but we do have a certain element of of more freedom here because mm-hmm. everybody's got each other's back. It's the, the community that's what sold me. Yeah, that it makes a huge difference. Uh, in fact, tomorrow morning here in Keene, uh, there are going to be multiple reasons for people to be in the local district court. Uh, I know that uh, Meg and Wes are going to be arraigned, as I understand it, and this was for when they, uh, as uh, as Rich Paul and I did, stood in front of the police cars here in Keene. That that happened a couple months ago, and the arraignment hasn't even happened yet, so that's going down tomorrow morning. Uh, Dale from AnarchyInYourHead.com has a parking ticket that he's going to be taking <laughs> to trial uh, tomorrow morning. Parking and, ticket activism! And, of course, Yadra was one of the two activists that was arrested over this long uh, Labor Day weekend and has had to sit in jail uh, throughout the entire weekend. Uh, he was arrested at a, a Keene checkpoint, a DUI checkpoint, not because he was drunk. In fact, uh, when 280, one of the activists asked the cop if they, uh, the cops there, if they'd arrested anybody who was drunk, uh, they they said, "Well, we've made arrests, but not for anybody who was drunk." Yeah. So, I, so the, the I drunk don't even trick. Think drinks. Does he even drink? No, no he he totally yeah. doesn't. But he wouldn't give them. He wouldn't give them. I think his identifi- uh, identification or something like that. So wasn't he the passenger? 
I believe uh, I think it was the driver. I'm not positive okay. on that. I don't know. The details are sketchy at this moment, but that's one thing that's for sure is that people are going to be pouring out uh, their support tomorrow morning to uh, to show these people that they're not alone. And man, that that makes a huge difference when the state is after you. I mean, they're still after you. They're still violent. They're still going to put people in cages. But it makes a difference when people are out there trying to help out. They're you know going to feed the cat or whatever at the house. Uh, that kind of thing. Just little things goes a long way. Definitely. I've been arrested in Baton Rouge and New Orleans and, you know, uh, Detroit, remote locations where there's no support or no strong support there. And it's it's a little bit of a scary deal. I mean, in comparison to this, where it's, you know, everybody's there to help you. It's awesome. Absolutely. Well, Brooke, uh, that pretty much wraps it up for me. Mark, any other questions for Brooke? Yeah, that's, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm glad to have you here, Brooke. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you for uh, for making that decision, and I'm sure that your decision will hopefully influence others to to make the right choice and get up here where you've actually got some like-minded, liberty-oriented friends, and the, the, the native population in many cases is very liberty-oriented as well. I mean, really, I think we do have a, the best chance at liberty in our lifetimes right here in New Hampshire. Absolutely. Thanks, and if Brooke. it's a cold weather that's holding someone back, I'm challenging them because I am from the South. Like, I do nothing but Southern things. And Me too. And Same here. For me, Florida. For me, I get cold easy, but for me, being around these amazing people is well worth it. And uh, as we said, you know, there's always heat. And thank you for the call. I appreciate you checking in with us tonight. SimplySeekingFreedom.com, her website. Go check out Brooke. And Brooke, thanks again. We'll see you soon. More coming up. You take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live, the live Labor Day edition of the show. Hey everybody, Scott Horton here for FreedomCam.net. From coast to coast, the increasingly militarized American police state has grown out of control. Peace officers have become law enforcement. The old doctrines of minimal force have fallen by the wayside. Cops are now trained to use overwhelming force in virtually every situation, resulting in an epidemic of police brutality across our society. I say fight back while you still can. Film the cops and put it on YouTube. A critical mass of police brutality videos is being assembled online, and a change is going to come. Police perjury is no match for instant replay. FreedomCam.net offers discreet video cameras to help you avoid confiscation while checking power and protecting yourself. FreedomCam.net Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Join us on our website, freetalklive.com. And enjoy the features there. They're totally free. Uh, features, by the way, including our archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, you can just click and download. The yours, they're on the front page of the site. In fact, uh, the last week's worth is on the front page, and then you click into the archive section, and that'll take you all the way back to late 2006, courtesy of HostGator. That's right. HostGator.freetalklive.com is a little portal that we've created so that you can get your first month completely free of web hosting at HostGator.com. Uh, they're a worldwide leader for web hosting. They make it easy for you to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website there with their free site builder tools, templates, whether you want a personal blog or complete e-commerce business website or anything in between. You can let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. 
Okay, uh, we're going to actually come back with more Brooke Kelly here because I blew it. I invited her on to talk about two things uh, and completely spaced out on the second of the two because I was so excited about talking about her uh, move here to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. And Brooke, you have signed and uh, signed up for the Free State Project and indicated to them that you've made the move at this point, yes? No, actually, I just told like two or three people the other day, but I hadn't officially announced it yet. So whoever's in charge of contacting people, he's in touch with me before he even really said anything. So I need to get back to him now that I've officially announced it. Also, your cell phone signal's a little iffy. I don't know if you're outdoors at this point. Uh, you may want to get out there if possible to increase your, your signal. It's not terrible, but it's kind of questionable. Um, so... So the other thing I wanted to have you on, and I realized this during the break, in fact, I think we both mentioned it on your uh, Facebook at the same, pretty much the exact same time, was you've declared that the Ron Paul revolution is dead. What does that mean? Yeah, and obviously that's going to be some, a, a statement that a yeah. lot of people will be curious some about. Some people will consider them fighting words. What's, what's that mean? Well, it, it actually took me a while to, to get the courage to say this, but, you know, it's not just me and my friends who are saying this. I travel around the country. This is what I do for a living. So, I mean, I'm in every single major city, you know, as much as possible. And I hear people, I hear activists talking, and and it's the general consensus. A lot of people are upset or, I guess, feel like they didn't get money's worth. Um, for the whole Ron Paul thing. And I love Ron Paul. Like, don't get me wrong. I've been on radio. I've had his back, you know, in, in debate and stuff. I've come to bat for him. And um, he's a great person. I mean, I think he's doing a lot for the movement. But I also think that it's time that we uh, realize that we need to stop trying to, like, beg for freedom, ask for freedom, hope for freedom, cross our fingers over it. No, we need to start living free. We need to stop asking permission, and we need to do this on our own. We need to be a movement that is um, that it's known for what it does, the ideas that it has, not for man in charge. One of the things that I I absolutely agree with you. One of the things I was most concerned about when it came to the Ron Paul revolution was that Ron Paul and the folks that supported him did such a great job of getting the word out. It was mostly the folks that supported him, a completely decentralized effort of uh, spreading the word. Ernie Hancock you know, and his buddies doing the revolution thing, which really went big. Uh, spreading the ideas of liberty, but as you're pointing out, focused around the one man. And you would hear people say things Things like Ron Paul is our only hope. Yeah, uh, statements There's a like cult of personality in a sense. Yeah, statements like that, and knowing how third-party campaigns have gone in the past, I it was pretty easy to predict how Ron Paul's campaign was going to go, even though he was running as a Republican, uh, and it went exactly in the direction. Well, it went a heck of a lot better than most third-party campaigns go. No, I would agree with you there, but uh, nonetheless, it the only hope of Ron Paul did not succeed in that particular right. election, and so I felt like there was probably going to be a lot of burn out as a result of that and is that what you've been seeing have you been seeing as you traveled around the country people burned out a little unsure of what to do absolutely i've seen activists uh, become less active and i've seen people completely drop out um the wrong meetups are way down uh it's just like you said ian it's not about let's not try to restore the republic you know i used to work with restore the public let's not try that route again because we can we continue to do that and do that working and so what's happening is like campaign for liberty uh, either i hope to not say intentionally but at least inadvertently is moving behind a trail of activists who kind of don't know what to do and um we change has been a big 
towards that. I just just want these people out there to know that, like, the, maybe it wasn't the perfect campaign, but I mean, Campaign for Liberty did do a lot, and now we just need to keep working. And sure, and one of the one of the weak that. points of uh, one of the weak points of what was going on with the Ron Paul revolution is that if all you're looking to do, as far as achieving uh, liberty is concerned, is to support a candidate in a federal government election, then there's really only one time per every four years that you can do anything. Uh, it's hard to keep your momentum right, going toward advancing that and so the, all these activists were looking to the ron paul campaign and so excited by it and then when it was over it was over and then there's nothing else uh you know on their plate so to speak uh I, you could mention his son but he's not really a, a libertarian so there's really nothing else on their plate uh that they could see and uh, they so they get bummed out they get because uh, the next thing that's going to come around is 2012 and will Ron Paul run they don't even know so there's no there's nothing else to get them whipped up whereas here in New Hampshire you've got all kinds of things happening all the time everything from social events with, that are well attended on a regular basis to uh, to people getting active in politics of course media creation as as you're doing uh, with puzzled your show and then uh, you know also the civil disobedience aspect of things and probably some other things I haven't thought of there's constant activism uh, going on here in New Hampshire. So much activism that much of it is controversial even within the movement and activists disagree with other activists as to what to do. There's just so much uh, from which to choose that there's there's even controversy surrounding it. So I think that's one of the things that the Ron Paul, former Ron Paul supporters or current supporters should consider is uh, the, the benefits of concentrating activism in one geographic location. That can really help with the burnout aspect, I think. Absolutely. And what else we need to realize is that Revo, the word revolution, it means to turn in circles. And mm-hmm. I think we've all been so caught up in this that it's like because we're inside of it, we can't really step back to see. And now that I have stepped back and, and seen the machine from this vantage point, it actually looks a little bit silly to keep going around in circles. And circles Doesn't it, though? I happen to agree completely, and that's one of the reasons why uh, when I came across the idea of uh, peaceful evolution, I thought, wow, that's really exactly what we need to do. We need to evolve uh, and not revolve. And I thought that was it seems so subtle to people, but uh, to me, words mean a lot, and uh, it's important to get your terminology correct. And I think to, uh, a peaceful evolution is much better than any sort of revolution, whether violent or uh, or peaceful. You know, and the one thing that the, uh, the Ron Paul campaign uh, showed me, and look, if Ron Paul runs again... He'll probably be the oldest guy running, but you know he can have some money from me because I think he did a great thing. If uh, if if some other Liberty candidate that uh, is of his caliber runs, they're going to get some money from me. I I don't have a problem supporting candidates that I uh, that believe in this stuff, but it just seems so unlikely to me that the the system, as it were, the the people that really run the government, will ever let somebody who truly believes in liberty take the big seat from them. Brooke, we got another few seconds for your final thoughts, and then we're going to let you go because your cell phone's kind of iffy. Once people are sick and tired of the hamster wheel that politics creates, I think it's time for them to jump up to New Hampshire. Awesome, and I agree completely. Thank you, Brooke. Great endorsement, by the way. <laughs> Appreciate that. <laughs> More coming up here, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. This is Free Talk Live. 
In 2010, you were fighting for your rights. In 2019, we are fighting for our lives. The last illusions of economic stability have shattered, revealing the financial dystopia that lies beneath the surface. The Federal Reserve has run out of lies and out of time. Those who stand for liberty will right their wrongs or die trying. Get involved with the epic animated feature-length film, Silver Circle, at silvercirclemovie.com. Just remember, when they control the money, they control everything. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. We're here live, as we are every single day during the week. Holiday schmoliday. Well, it's uh, something I like to do. I just like to be here on holidays. I know that uh, a lot of people are taking days off, especially in the radio business. I think that people still listen to the radio, especially on holidays. So you deserve live programming. We're working on Labor Day. We're being exploited. (laughs) <laughs> We're exploiting ourselves. Apparently. You're exploiting me. Now Is get back right? to work. All right. Tell me something, Mark. <laughs> something. <laughs> something important. Free Talk Live. Uh, on Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources. That's the uh, the company that, I don't know, partner company, parent company of, of GCN, our syndicate. And they they have gold and silver coins over there that they, they buy and, and sell, actually. So... Any of these coins that you buy from them, they guarantee to buy them back. They're British sovereigns, 20 francs, Lakota Nation silver rounds, up all kinds of gold and silver. You can go to gold.freetalklive.com. Check out what the, what I have picked out as offerings there. I think they're, uh, I think these are good choices for people who don't know a great deal about gold and silver. They're not looking to buy collector's coins or anything like that. And I felt that that's what all these gold companies were trying to get me to do is buy collector coins. And I just wanted some gold and silver. You can These coins are common. You can price check them against other companies. And in the process of buying them, not only are you helping uh, Free Talk Live and, and the syndicate that brings you Free Talk Live, but you're helping yourself by getting gold and silver. If you are one of those that isn't very good about putting money away, they have a layaway program. You can pay on a weekly or biweekly basis when you get your check, and you'll be putting money away better than putting it in a bank account, and you'll be buying something you'll be able to get it tangibly sent to you when you're done. You should order packs of 20 because that's the way to go about it. Uh, with shipping, it, it makes it more uh, makes more sense. Uh, the shipping there is, is the same for one as it is for 20. So order in, in sets of 20. Call this number if you want to do the layaway program. It's 877-857-9938, 877-857-9938, and go to gold.freetalklive.com. All right, so we will take your calls about anything. Uh, you dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. So last week at about this time, we were talking about the Burning Man Festival. It had just kicked off uh, at at this time last week, and uh Thousands of people were expected to travel from all across the country uh, in order to attend this. And I think it was the 20-plus-something Burning Man. It started back in the, the mid-1980s and has become an incredibly popular event with uh, well over 40,000 people, all over like 48, 47,000 people attending last year. It's been hovering at around that many uh, for, the, for the last few years. And it's just an incredible uh, experience from what I understand. I've never been. I would like to go uh, at, at some point. just wasn't able to uh, really make it happen this year. But uh, what we'd re- reported on last week was this, uh, I think it was an AP story that was talking about one of the uh, barristers, the burning uh, burning man barristers out there, or the burner barristers, as they call themselves, burners. Uh, 
who was reporting that essentially Burning Man has become a police state in his view with horrible things going on like uh, undercover female officers basically approaching men, asking them for drugs and then having those guys arrested, uh, dogs being run through campsites, sniffing out campsites, things like that. Just horrible stuff. So we've yet to hear from anybody who's returning from Burning Man because I think yesterday was the day when folks uh, had to leave. So people are likely traveling uh, back home across the country uh, to uh, from where it is uh, from whence they whence they come rather and traveling back. And so hopefully we'll hear back. I know that we had at least one of our free talk live amplifiers out there. And so it should be interesting to hear uh, when we finally get a report as to what was it true what that lawyer was saying? Are things really as bad as they made it sound in that article or was it really minimal? Uh, was there an oppressive police presence with uh, men with uh, uniforms, badges, and dark sunglasses menacing people on a regular basis, or was it overblown? We'll find that out, but uh, here's a little bit of fun from the folks over at The Onion. And this is a few years old, this story, but it's uh, it's great. The stereotypes are, are a lot of fun. No one makes it to Burning Man Festival from uh, 2003. <laughs> the Burning Man Festival, a prominent uh, artistic and countercultural event that draws Tens of thousands of people to the Nevada desert annually is in danger of cancellation this week because no one had their S together enough to even make it, said organizers on Tuesday. Jesus Christ, this is pathetic, said event coordinator Ethan Moon as he angrily gestured toward the empty Black Rock Desert Basin expanse known as the Playa. We've been promoting this thing all year. You can't start panhandling quarters for gas the week before the festival and expect to make it here in time, man. (laughs) Moon listed some of the most common no-show excuses, among them oversleeping, forgetting to request time off from work, faulty van borrowing arrangements, a shortage of ochre body paint, and the last-minute realization that transportation to the Burning Man Festival requires money. As of a few weeks ago, or even a few days ago, there were 30,000 people who honestly planned on coming, Moon said. In every case, however, there were, well, you know, as happened. (laughs) Although Burning Man festivals have had no-shows in the past, Moon says he's never witnessed absenteeism on this level. He said, you have to figure out a way to get here, stock up on water and extra clothing for the cold nights, and make sure you've got adequate shelter, said Moon. Apparently, the advanced planning it takes to arrange those three basic things was more than anyone could handle. Sorry to be on this uptight trip, but check out the playa. Not a single nude dude in a homemade papier-mâché tribal mask, as far as the eye can see. Although Burning Man is billed on its website as a temporary community dedicated to radical self-expression and radical self-reliance, it became evident that the no-shows were more capable of the former than they were of the latter. Los Angeles silkscreen artist Goldie Trewartha was among the tens of thousands of Burning Man devotees who stayed home this year. She said, Yeah, I was supposed to go with Ari and Shell, but they couldn't score ecstasy in time for the trip, and I forgot my bartering beads at my friend's uh, Marnie's place in Los Feliz. Oh, and I forgot to get a dog sitter. Added Trewartha, Shell made this great suit out of old stuffed monkey pelts and duct tape, and he was going to hop up and down on this old trampoline he found. But his ex, Nikki, made him babysit their daughter, Gaia, while she headed out to Big Sur for a few days. I love Nikki, but sometimes she can be real flaky. Chaz Bulliard, a University of Vermont undergraduate and veteran mud person, had multiple... <laughs> what is a mud person? I don't know. If you know, let us know. 800-259-9231. Had multiple excuses. too far out of the loop. Yeah, for his failure to attend the Burning Man Festival. Bullard said, I totally spaced that August is eight, and I wrote down nine in my sketchbook. Oh, and I got evicted. 
Yeah, effing D-Y-I up and ditches me, right? And I'm stuck, or effing Dill up and ditches me, and I'm stuck going 700 because he wasn't on the lease. Bullard added that he contracted hepatitis from his ex-roommate's tacos. Moon said he's received apologetic phone calls from a squadron of recumbent bicyclists lost somewhere in southern Nebraska, a Kentucky (laughs) artist whose pet python was too car sick to continue the journey, and a group of Germans who uncovered a fatal structure flaw or structural flaw in their Freak Harnesses art installation at the last minute. Hippies were not the only counterculture group to, to dismiss the Burning Man Festival. Portland-area Linux user and self-described cyber-conceptualist Free Lance Cagle explained his absence in an instant message from his studio. I was organizing this boss techno-art project called the Off the, called Off the Grid, Cagle wrote. We were going to set up computer terminals in various parts of the playa and have people use them. Then we'd feed the binary data from those terminals into this fractals program uh, that uh, Ricky wrote. Those fractals would would be sent on the fly to a group of exiled Buddhist monks I befriended online. The monks would transform the fractals into a temporal sand painting, the making of which we would webcast live to everyone on the playa. Added Cagle, but I had to stop working on the monk thing to finish up this Pam's Country Crafts website I'm working on. I really need the money. While most absences were accidental, a few were not. Doug Crazy Root Pycraft, a former smoothie stand employee, has a history of missing countercultural events. He says, I thought about going, but then I decided I don't need some dudes pushing their rules down my throat, Pycroft said. That's the problem with these things. They're so nonconformist. How come you got to obey some fascist wearing a lanyard just to use the porta john Same reason I refused to go to the Church of the Subgenius X-Day back in 98. Hell, I ditched the very first lot of Palooza one hour in. As a cloud of sand whipped, guys, uh, quite the ditcher. whipped across the desolate playa, Moon could only shake his head. Although the week-long festival traditionally culminates in the lighting of the Burning Man, a 50-tall wooden structure strapped with fireworks and other incendiaries, Moon wondered aloud whether he and the handful of other staffers should even bother. He said, I guess we could burn what we've built, but it would just feel anticlimactic with no one around to watch. you got to look at the bigger picture here, folks. You shouldn't think of Burning Man as a burden. Burning Man is about being part of a community. Unfortunately, it's a community of people who can't get up before 1 p.m. More coming up. <laughs> 800-259-9231. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Tollhouse Morsels, helping you create special moments and memories your family will cherish forever. Visit us at tollhouse.com. You may bake for birthdays and holidays, but why stop there? Sweeten up the rest of the year by designating monthly dessert days. Treat your family to one of their favorites or surprise them with something new. Either way, you'll create a tradition everyone will love. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves, dial in toll-free, and bring up what you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. If you'd like to support the show, we've got different ways for you to do that. Uh, One of them is by shopping with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. You just get your shopping done as you normally would through Amazon. You're just entering through our portal, which essentially marks you as being uh, sent by us. And therefore, Amazon will send us a portion of the profits. So it's the same great Amazon with the same huge selection, free Super Saver shipping on a lot of their brand new items. Tremendous amount of uh, 
products that you can buy, even used versions of many of them. Go through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com when you need to get your shopping done. That's Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Uh, as we continue here on this live Labor Day edition of Free Talk Live, uh, here to, again, take your phone calls about anything. But since uh, we just finished making fun of uh, some of the stereotypes that might uh, be heading to Burning Man with the Onion's excellent article. Heading uh, back from Burning Man at this point, well, right? Well, yeah, they, they actually did go to Burning Man. Uh, the Onion, by the way, is a satirical newspaper. You can't believe anything that you read in it. But yeah, I, I imagine the uh, the turnout was uh, spectacular. It certainly looked like a lot of fun was being had from the uh, the webcam shots that uh, that I saw earlier in the week. And uh, so, so, since we were making a little bit of fun, let's talk seriously about some of the issues that might uh, some of the burning the burners might uh, might find very interesting. And here's one of them: two new scientific studies reveal hallucinogens are good for your mental health. This from oh boy io9.com. LSD and ketamine, which is a horse tranquilizer, pow- uh, two powerful hallucinogens are also potential cures for depression, obsessive compulsive disorder, and anxiety. Two studies published this week in Science and Nature confirm... If you know somebody who has obsessive compulsive disorder and or anxiety, please don't just go ahead and treat them without their knowledge, all right? <laughs> it's probably a bad idea. It's a really bad idea. Uh, confirm that a hallucinogenic drugs stimulate healthy brain activity, even, even promoting the growth of neurons. In the study in Science, released last week, focused entirely on the drug ketamine, used frequently as an animal sedative. Ketamine can also I've be I've heard used- of ketamine, but... I've never tried it. I, it's not, nor have I. Um, I it, it's not something that's commonly available. If you're a veterinarian, it's pretty available. From right, what I, understand. I understand, but you're not going to go to your drug dealer and get some ketamine. I yeah, it's I'm, it's not something I've ever come across. However, it's it's around. I'm sure if you wanted to to uh, ascertain how to get it, you probably could. Just somebody will you know. mislabel something and give it to you as ketamine. <laughs> There's Indeed. that possibility as well, thanks to the black market. Uh, ketamine can be used to sedate humans and is also taken recreationally because of its hallucinogenic and euphoric effects. Molecular psychiatrist Nansen Lee and colleagues dosed rats with modest amounts of ketamine and observed that the drug boosted signaling between neurons in the brain and even led to healthy growth of synapses. Chronic depression can be linked to inhibited synaptic growth. Ultimately, they concluded that ketamine might be useful in treating depression because it increases brain activity instantly. So there's no need to wait weeks or months for the drug to take effect. In the journal Nature Reviews Neuroscience, Franz Vollenvieter and Michael Komfer gave a broad overview of research into hallucinogens over the past half century. They gathered together research from hundreds of studies on how hallucinogens like LSD, psilocybin, and ketamine affect the brains of healthy people, as well as people suffering from depression and other disorders. Like Lee and his colleagues, they found that countless studies show that hallucinogens promote healthy neural activity in the brain. The researchers also created a chart to show what test, uh, what test subjects' states of mind are, according to studies, when under the influence of various substances. And then they get into a lot uh, more kind of sciencey discussion. We don't here. want any of that sciencey discussion. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> there are full papers available of this at both uh, nature.com and sciencemag.com. Clinical findings and current understanding of the mechanisms of action of classical hallucinogens and disassociative anesthetics converge on the idea that psychedelics might be useful in the treatment of major depression, anxiety orders, and OCD. And that was their part of their uh, conclusion. You know, the, the things that I... 
Now, I, I can't say that I've never done hallucinogens. I certainly have. But I found that in too high a dose that they were, um, by meaning that like one hit, those, those kind of things, I found them to be something that would cause me to be uh, paranoid. I found them, you know, to have that mm-hmm. kind of reaction for me. And so the, the problem with the drug war is people who might have these, these conditions that could be helped aren't able to do so under the care of a doctor because that doctor puts their license on the line. Um, these things There's a really, lot of fear involved. In yeah, that. these things really could help somebody, especially in some kind of clinical environment where, uh, you know, they would feel more safe or something like that. So, uh, you know, I, that's, I'm, I'm kind of toss, uh, torn on it. I'm not a big fan of hallucinogens just because I've had such bad experience um, uh, with certain ones of them. It probably wasn't the best environment to be taking them. You know, like set and setting is a very important thing. In fact, we talked on a Saturday program about uh, MDMA, and I think this was the Saturday you were not here. Uh, we talked about MDMA and how a recent study that was actually approved by the FDA uh, back in the early part of this uh, this decade, which has finally been completed, showed without a shadow of a doubt that MDMA, when used in a uh, psychological kind of surrounding, a circumstance where you've got a psychologist and it's being administered to you and they're, they're doing their psychology thing uh, with you, that in two administrations of this drug, MDMA, commonly known on the street as uh, ecstasy, these people had cured their PTSD. Yeah, cured like, it. High level PTSD. This wasn't. Yeah. This wasn't just uh, you know somebody complaining. This was. These were people that had this. That reported this for years. Uh, right. And and these are people know, who are using rape victims. It. These are uh, sol- uh, you soldiers. Know, former soldiers. Yeah. Things like that. These are people who are using it under circumstances that were okay. Right. Like it had been approved by the FDA. All of the authorities had given their stamp of approval for this one. So there shouldn't have been any sort of paranoia factor. Right. But there. it's incredibly difficult to get that stamp of approval. Oh, yeah. Because these it took them a decade. The last thing that the uh, the uh, Office of uh, Drug Control Policy, ONBCP, whatever it is, um, what the last thing they want you to do, well, the last thing the DEA wants you to find out is that these drugs might actually be helpful for people in some way. Yeah. They want to vilify them. They want to turn them into monstrous things. Well, then they'd have to admit they were wrong for all those years and that uh, what they did to people was uh, was inappropriate. It's, it's ludicrous because heroin, which is a terrible, ter- can have terrible consequences for people. Is essentially the same thing as uh, you know all all kinds of other opiates out there that people use for to to treat pain. These things are great in their proper usage. They yeah, are it's, terrible it's, when they are improperly used. Right. It's legal when they call it morphine and sell it through the prescription process. Right. Uh, and similarly, other drugs are available in legal forms as well. I mean, methamphetamine, meth, crystal meth. That's mm-hmm. that's available legally. I think it's called disoxin. So it's manufactured in a laboratory environment. It's they manufactured people, safely. Apparently, people that uh, are you know have hyperactive or ADD or whatever, um, they can take this and finally concentrate. Uh, what meth? Yeah, that's or my speed. understanding. Some kind of some speed. kind of Adderall. Yeah. Uh, that I don't sort know of thing. it all, right? Yeah, I've heard I've heard good things about the. <laughs> Should uh, the be taking your medical advice from me on free talk. Lab, certainly not. Sure. You certainly shouldn't. And this is again a very initial article here about or these studies that are being pu- published in Science and uh, the Nature Reviews Neuroscience Journals. You know, they're very uh, they're very preliminary, right? I mean, they, these are scientists saying, okay, well, from what we've seen in these animal tests. These drugs may actually have the chance of of helping people with their, you know, solving depression and OCD and and other 
problems, anxiety as well. I mean, this could this could make a big difference. But it's like you say, Mark, they're not allowed to study these things. So any studies that have to go on here have to be done in another country or they have to be done surreptitiously. They have to be done quietly. And there are many psychologists that have done that for a while with uh, MDMA just doing private uh, testing with people. Or maybe psychiatrist is the word I'm looking for. I apologize. Psychiatrist can uh, psychiatrist prescribe medication. Prescribe medication yeah. So, uh, so I, these things have been going on, and the, to some extent, there's a there's a portion of the medical community that understands that there's a real possibility here with these uh, what are considered to be illegal drugs right now. And if only folks were able to to study these things, if only they weren't illegal and, and they could run as many studies as they wanted to on them in whatever circumstances, and we really could find out what kind of an effect these drugs have on people beyond just having to rely on the, the case studies that are posted over at Arrowhead about people's trip experiences. You know, and I, I, can, uh, I can totally see why parents do not want their kids to do these drugs. I can tell you I don't want my kid to do these drugs. However, when you look at them from sort of a societal standpoint, how many people are you hearing about breaking into people's houses or robbing liquor stores over Acid, LSD, or whatever, uh, ketamine, um, these kind of things. I you mean, don't really hear about you that. You don't hear about that. That's because this isn't done commonly, and the people who do do it aren't going to do that. They're going to go out and, ah, let's watch the sunset and see if we can disperse some clouds over the beach or whatever it is that they're trying to do, but they're, they're not harming people. Or I wouldn't want them to drive, but... Yeah, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. So hopefully uh, science will learn more about these substances over the years because there have been a lot of really intelligent people that have had some really interesting things to say about them, again, on kind of a case study basis. And now science is starting to unwrap the, uh, the layers of mystery that surround them. More coming up. Hour 2 is next. Okay, here's the long and the short of it. If you name the worst politicians in America today... Nancy Pelosi is going to be on your top 10 list. She's awful and she's powerful. There is a principled anti-war Republican running against her, however, and his name is John Dennis. He's already beaten the establishment Republican in the primary, but he's going to need all of the financing he can get to bring down the political juggernaut that is Nancy Pelosi. He can do it, but only with your help. I've donated to John Dennis's campaign, and I would like to encourage you to also. Now is the time. Nancy Pelosi is politically vulnerable, and it's unlikely that we're going to get another candidate like John Dennis. He's the only type of Republican that can win in San Francisco. In my opinion, he is as, if not more, principled than Ron Paul. Go to johndennis2010.com and donate today. johndennis2010.com. He is Hope for America. This ad paid for by John Dennis for Congress 2010. JohnDennis2010.com. I'm John Dennis, and I approve this ad. This is Free Talk Live. We are here to take your phone calls. If you make them, dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231 on this, the... Labor Day edition of Free Talk Live. It is Ian here. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features there for free. We give them away. Those other talk show hosts want to charge you for accessing their websites. Ours free at freetalklive.com. So continue here on, on kind of the same topic. We were talking about some of the interesting scientific studies that have come out about certain hallucinogenic drugs, uh, 
that possibly point to them being of uh, quite a bit of assistance for people with problems like depression or OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, uh, perhaps anxiety. Other things like that. And so on the good news about illegal drugs front, here is some news that's actually, well, it's kind of a retread of news that we reported on about a decade ago. That uh, the Remember the old Institute of Medicine study from the year 2000? This was the government-funded study that found out many of the opposite things that the government was hoping it would find out. Like the Institute of Medicine discovered that marijuana or cannabis is not a gateway drug. That was one of the conclusions that was very firm that uh, the Institute of Medicine study came to. I think it was 1999 or the year 2000 in which that study was done. And, of course, the U.S. federal government did everything they could to brush that information under a rug because, well, they've been saying for years that marijuana is a gateway drug. And what the study found was that essentially if marijuana or cannabis is a gateway drug, it's only that because, because it's being sold on the black market. So since the drug dealers would be interested in getting their clients hooked on other products, they have an incentive to introduce them, so to speak, to their, to their cannabis user, using clients. And so it's that proximity within the, uh, the, pro, uh, the prohibition, the black market that is created by pro, uh, prohibition, that increases the likelihood that somebody who was a cannabis user will try other things. Mm-hmm. So it's not the drug itself. Absent any of those other circumstances, uh, the drug cannabis uh, is not a gateway drug. And indeed, here it is again, a decade later, phys.org.com shows, this is a different study, new research from the University of New Hampshire shows that the gateway effect of marijuana, that teenagers who use marijuana are more likely to move on to harder illicit drugs as young adults, is overblown. Again, from physorg.com, whether teenagers who smoked pot will use other illicit drugs as young adults has more to do with life factors such as employment status and stress. According to new research, in fact, the strongest predictor of whether someone will use other illicit drugs is their race or ethnicity, not whether they have ever used marijuana. Conducted by UNH Associate Professors of Sociology Karen Van Gundy and Cesar Re- Re- Rebellion, or Rebellion, the uh, search, uh, research re- appears in the September 2010 issue of the Journal of Health and Social Behavior in the article A Life Course Perspective on the Gateway, uh, Gateway Hypothesis. They say in their study that in light of these findings, we urge U.S. drug control policymakers to consider stress and life course approaches in their pursuit of solutions to the drug problem, whatever that means. The researchers used survey data from 1,286 young adults who attended Miami-Dade public schools in the 1990s. Within the final sample, 26% of the respondents are African-American, 44% are Hispanic, and 30% are non-Hispanic white. The researchers found that young adults who did not graduate from high school or attend college were more likely to have used marijuana as teenagers and other illicit substances in young adulthood. In addition, those who used marijuana as teenagers were and were unemployed following high school were more likely to use other illicit drugs. However, the association between teenage marijuana use and other illicit drug abuse by young adults fades once stresses such as employment diminish. Employment in young adulthood can protect people by closing the marijuana gateway, so overcriminalizing youth marijuana use might create more serious problems if it interferes with later employment opportunities. So just to get that through, what, they, uh, what they're saying there is that because marijuana is criminalized, 
And if young people get caught with marijuana as a, as a young person, when it's the easiest to get caught with marijuana, they get themselves a uh, criminal record. That may make it more difficult for them to secure decent employment into the future. And their study shows that people who are, are not employed or people who are not employed very, very well are not uh, – or excuse me, they are the highest of likelihoods to move on to uh, addictions and abuse of harder drugs. Sure. Ma- so, it makes sense, right? So this – War on drugs, what they're saying here is that the war on drugs is driving people to more harder drug abuse because it makes people's – the consequences of the, the enforcement of the war on drugs makes people's lives worse. <laughs> the war on drugs is far worse than, uh, than, than what it is they're trying to stop. And we, we know that people uh, attempt to compensate for problems in their lives by using uh, substances that alter their consciousness – this is one of the things that human beings are known for doing it, is trying to get away from our problems. And that's what, the, I, you know, for whatever reason that people decide to alter their consciousness, they've done it for a, a myriad of reasons. They sure, do but that's a pretty spe- popular one, wouldn't you say? Indeed. Uh, yeah. if, if it's available and in cultures where you can, you know, there's mind altering substances that are available on a regular basis. You know, some people use them just because they like their mind being altered all the time, sure. um, whether it's, you know, uh, some will use it, uh, you know, from a cultural standpoint, they'll use it for mingling uh, with with other people. But m- many of them will do it. For for sort of ritualistic reasons at uh, parties for celebrations i mean th- this is this is very common in in sort of uh, stone age cultures that uh, have been studied the shamans will use it for spiritual reasons or, or whatever it is that they think that they're doing so there's a variety of reasons why people will alter their consciousness but people want to alter their consciousness and you're not just talking about people you're talking about uh, all kinds of uh, vertebrates and mm-hmm. i it's probably been studied in invertebrates too but uh, you know they there's all kinds of studies of baboons getting drunk and birds getting drunk and and sure. you know getting their minds altered. Creatures like to alter their minds, and uh, you know either they're uh, they, they, you know it's just some kind of coping mechanism that from a evolutionary th- sort of thing or or God instilled it in them for whatever reason. I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah. But I can look at the facts and I can see that a lot of people like it for whatever reason. I mean, there are downsides and I think that we should work very hard at handling those downsides. But calling the fact that you alter your consciousness the downside and then trying to stop that, they tried that with uh, prohibition in this country and it resulted in, 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 in terrible, terrible consequences for the whole nation. But yeah. people will not, when they just cannot get it through their heads that this is the problem. It's your reaction to it is the problem, not the item itself. It's your sanctimony. It's your fear uh, surrounding your kids. Those are the problems, not the items themselves. There's a little bit more here from uh, the study in the University of New Hampshire. They also found that once young adults reach age 21, the gateway effect subsides entirely. They say that while marijuana use may serve as a gateway to other illicit drug use in adolescence, our results indicate that the effect may be short-lived, subsiding by age 21. Interestingly, age emerges as a protective status above and beyond the other life statuses and conditions considered here. We find that respondents age out of marijuana's gateway effect regardless of early teen stress, exposure, exposure or education, work or family statuses, say the researchers. They found that the strongest predictor of other illicit drug use appears to be race ethnicity, not prior use of marijuana. Non-Hispanic whites show the greatest odds of other illicit substance use, followed by Hispanics and then African Americans. Strange, huh? 
So regular white folks are more likely to use drugs than anybody else? Yeah, that's what they're saying. Here. Wow, I find that uh, – I, what are they classifying as drugs? I, mean, I just wonder I, – I, it surprises me, those numbers. Stuff besides uh, cannabis, hmm. I, I'm not sure. So there you have it. Some uh, some more information uh, on uh, Gateway Effect, the Stuff so-called Gateway cannabis. Effect. Okay. So they're they're kind of acknowledging that they think that some level of a gateway effect exists simply because of peer pressure and the the, the circumstances that a young sure. person it's is in. It's the drug war that causes yeah. the gateway effect, not right. the drugs themselves. And as long as they can keep on pounding this message home, that it's people's reaction to the drugs that causes the gateway effect, not, in fact, the drugs themselves. I mean, why wouldn't tobacco or alcohol or I don't even know what cars be considered the uh, a gateway drug if, you know, all these things can be correlated to teen drug use, right? Indeed, 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves. Coming up, a man convicted for doing what? Well, it's Illinois, so it could be almost anything. In his case, it's for filming. And we'll tell you what's happening to him here in a little bit from copblock.org. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. In the decades to come, hardy adventurers will colonize the solar system rediscovering freedom and finding vast new wealth. But the government of Earth will seek to extend its power and claim that wealth as its own any way it can. Escape from Terra, Volume 1, the first trade paperback collection of the popular adventure webcomic series, is available now for $12.95 from Big Head Press at BigHeadPress.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is the live Labor Day edition of the program. We will take your calls about whatever you want. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features there for free. We've got a bulletin board system, a lot of uh, folks there, a lot of posts. Uh, so go over and interact over at bbs.freetalklive.com. Do you know Taryn Lupo from the LCL Report and Wheels Off Liberty supports his full-time activism by selling Liberty-themed jewelry? You can support the ideas of Liberty every time you buy some of his unique jewelry. All He, um, he does custom work for just about anything you can dream up. You can find his designs at lclreport.com or join his fan group on Facebook. It's lclreport.com. All right. The toll-free number here is 800-259-9231. Now, as I mentioned, we are here live, so uh, you are still always welcome to take control of the airwaves. Meantime, we go to coplock.org. Where they're reporting on, and I feel like we've talked about this case before, but we've talked about so many of them, it just all runs together. People being arrested for using a video camera in a public place. Well, if you get arrested for doing that in Illinois, it's worse. Things are real bad in a handful of states. Is that the state that uh, charges you with a felony and it's specific? Uh, yeah, I thought maybe. I think that's I think that's so. It's, it's one of the worst. It's specific that you may not record. This isn't one of those strange interpretations of the wiretapping law yeah. in Illinois. In Illinois, I believe the law states specifically you may not record a police officer in the line of his duty. Because now this one, I don't think was even a police officer. Uh oh. So Gregory Coger uh, will be sentenced on Wednesday this week for videotaping with his cell phone. At a controversial public meeting, 
In a shockingly unprecedented move, the judge instantly revoked Mr. Coger's bail bond after he was convicted of misdemeanor charges on August 26th and sent him immediately to jail. Scott Frankel, I mean, they're, they're taking this guy pretty seriously here. Scott Frankel, Coger's attorney, has appealed the bond's revocation, saying, I was stunned by the court's decision to revoke Gregory's bond. A number of experienced criminal defense lawyers have commented that they've never heard of this happening before in a misdemeanor case. Even with most felony convictions, judges normally would raise post-conviction bail, but would rarely deny it entirely. Why should Mr. Coger face a long jail term for using an iPhone? The use of such camera phones has become ubiquitous for bringing events of the day to TV as well as to the Internet. Are the police now free to arrest, beat, and prosecute photographers who are documenting controversial public events? Well, what was he doing? Mr. Coger was convicted of trespassing, but actually he was videotaping before an event began that was publicized as open to the public. And there's no law against filming at a public event. The prosecutor made it appear to the jury as if filming is the same as trespassing. But the trespass law states that you must be ordered to leave and then show that you intend to remain after you have been given said notice to leave. Despite the defense attorney's objections, the judge didn't bother to correct this misinterpretation, this misimpression. Testimony in court made it clear that Mr. Coger was told to quit filming, but he was not clearly audibly ordered to leave until the police were dragging him out of the auditorium. According to Attorney Frankel, the police then threw him against a wall, pushed him to the floor, maced him after he was handcuffed, and then charged him with resisting arrest. Yeah, it's interesting how you can mace somebody after they get handcuffed. What's the point in that? Punishment. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. As a result, Mr. Coger has a $1,000 emergency room bill for his injuries. As a way to cover up their brutality, police charged Coger with resisting arrest and simple battery. And these kinds of charges are described by an American Constitution Society issues brief as cover charges because they're used to cover up police misconduct. Coger was convicted of those charges, but the court procedure and conflicting evidence were very questionable and offer excellent grounds for an appeal, which his lawyer says will be filed. Now, Coger was arrested on November 1, 2009 at the Ethical Humanist Society of Chicago as he videotaped a brief statement that Sansara Taylor was making before the group's Sunday program was scheduled to begin. Ms. Taylor had been invited to the previous, uh, the previous July to speak that day, but EHSC canceled their invitation two weeks before her scheduled talk. In her very short statement, Ms. Taylor objected to the cancellation and invited attendees to hear her speak that morning at the home of an EHSC member. As she announced that she was leaving, police arrested Mr. Coger. Coger is now in jail and could be facing a long sentence. The reason the prosecutor gave the unprecedented bail for the revocation was that Mr. Coger spent years in prison for crimes stemming from his youth, and the judge added that she was revoking bail because the jury had just found him guilty of the misdemeanors. Now, Coger's childhood was extremely difficult and included periods when his entire family was homeless. While Coger was in prison for his youthful mistakes, he underwent a major conversion and decided to devote his life to helping other people who'd been born in the same kind of unfortunate circumstances he had. After his release, he became a social justice activist and a paralegal in a law firm where he helps indigent people. He's a dangerous man. His work at my law offices has helped many people, says uh, one of the attorneys at law who has apparently uh, hired him, including women who need child support and several people suing to defend their civil rights. He'll be testi- uh, testifying at the sentencing hearing. He works hard and efficiently, and he's turned his life around and devotes every waking hour to helping other people. 
Mr. Uh, Radoslawski. That man is uh, one of just uh, one of many people who will provide character reference at Koger's sentencing hearing. Uh, one of uh, local priest will testify about Koger's ethical behavior and his dedication to social justice and peace. He says, I'm astonished by the extreme measures taken against Gregory Coger, all for a misdemeanor charge. This is not justice, especially for a person of his moral standing. This is the same case where, in April, the prosecutor brought criminal contempt charges against Coger in a successful, unsuccessful attempt, rather, to shut down his defense committee's website. Those charges raised serious First Amendment rights issues, as does Mr. Coger's conviction. For taking pictures, it's all very strange. I mean, to, 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 I mean, these these really do raise some serious questions about this judge and and what he's letting happen. This is a guy who was using his iPhone. Yeah, and uh, it's just crazy. I mean, I, look, if the guy was trespassing, then that's one thing. But it it's if he was ordered to but leave, it was and, supposed to be an event open to the public, right? Purportedly, yeah. I mean, I, I. You can you can tell somebody to leave, though. I mean, if somebody is acting out or something like that, you could tell somebody to leave. But to uh, to throw a man out who's got a video camera at an event that's open to the public seems pretty pretty absurd. Well, you know the the one the one good thing, if you can find a silver lining, it's a thin one and it's a it's a pretty dark cloud. But these things have to happen in order for this change to occur in society. This is a change that is inevitable. Its time has come, and it will occur. That videotaping will become so ubiquitous, and the courts have to learn. People, you know, if you don't want your bad behavior to be videotaped, stop acting badly. Yeah. That's the answer to this. It isn't to shove your hand in somebody's face or push them down or, uh, you know, to expect them to stop videotaping in a public place, a place where, you know, the public's been welcome or whatever. You know, I'm sorry, that's just not the it's not going to be the answer anymore. And how weird that the Ethical Humanist Society is uh, at the center of all this, an organization you would think would be a little more tolerant of a man with an iPhone. Well, I I. I I, I don't know that I would necessarily think that that was true. Toll-free number here, 800-259-9231. Uh, you can take control of the airwaves, bring up what you want. 1-800-259-9231. It's the live Labor Day edition of Free Talk Live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Sign up at hostgator.freetalklive.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free. 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website and enjoy the features there free. We've got stuff like our webcam, which allows you to watch and listen to the show. 
as well as chat, because our chat room's built into the same page. It is all free at cam.freetalklive.com. That's cam.freetalklive.com, and it's brought to you by memorydealers.com. <laughs> memorydealers.com is your world's, has the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, XFPs, GBIC, Zenpacks, and X2s. They're 100% compatible with all the major networking equipment manufacturers out there, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off of list price. I've gone there, I've looked myself at these prices, and they are up to 99% off of list price. You can go check it out yourself at MemoryDealers.com. In stock, ready to ship, via overnight delivery, MemoryDealers.com. All right, so we're going to continue here. Uh, we'll take your phone calls about anything. Go unscreen to the amp lines. Uh, you are on the air. Who's this? Doug from Minnesota. I'm so excited to be on screen again. Woo-hoo! Doug, what's on your mind tonight? Hey, I'm going to ask Free Talk Live to deliver a service to me, but I think other people in the liberty movement may be interested in this service, too. All right. Go for it. Um, and I know you're going to hate this, Ian. The service I'm interested in, being election season and all, is to have you guys track libertarian candidates. What do you mean, track them? Like, if they're raising a lot of money, if they are in a district that is doing well, and, you know, I'm sure the LP News has these things, the LP website has these things. Yeah, um, I don't subscribe to the LP News anymore. I revoked my <laughs> membership uh, publicly a couple of years ago. And neither do I. Are you at a waterfall? Um, taking a bath? I'm in, the, I'm in the car, and it's raining really hard here in Minneapolis. Oh, okay. <laughs> um... But I think other liberty lovers may be interested, even if it's from the perspective of laughing at them. I'm okay with that. Well, no, Doug. I mean, Doug, I've I've always been a supporter of whatever it takes, you know, to get to the ideas of uh, of freedom, of to get them out there. And if there's a liberty oriented candidate that's doing that in an exceptionally appreciable appreciable manner, I think that uh, they should be shown for uh, and highlighted for that. So, I mean, do you know of a campaign that's uh, particularly outstanding? Well, I don't. Well, you know, except for, like, you know, Cubby running for South Lake Tahoe City Council, mm. who, and he's doing really well, but, you know, maybe someone, you know how, like, every now and then Dennis calls in with the roundup of the of the in-the-system news? Yeah. Uh, maybe there'd be someone should call in, and I know it probably should be me, because here I am asking for someone else, but yeah. I don't get LP news anymore either. <laughs> that was gonna that was gonna be my suggestion. Uh, I mean, you can keep track of that yourself and uh, let us know if somebody's outstanding. I mean, we've been talking about John Dennis. Uh, I mean, he's not running as a Libertarian Party candidate, but he is running as a, as far as I'm concerned, a Libertarian. Uh, he's very liberty minded, from what I've seen of what he said. We've had him on the show before, um, and uh, and he's up against uh, Nancy Pelosi, so in a fairly big name uh, race where he beat the uh, the neocon Republicans. So, I, I mean, we've talked about John Dennis. That's true, and I, I always appreciate that, and that's the kind of stuff I'm kind of interested in hearing more about. Okay. So maybe if someone else is hearing my voice and uh, has their thumb on the LP uh, area a little bit, they may call in on a maybe a weekly basis to give you a rundown of what candidate might be doing well, might be raising money, might be in a race that is winnable, so to speak, and we can all laugh at them after November, of course. All right, the the challenge is out. I always wonder because, you know, like I want facts when I uh, w- when I'm looking at a candidate. I want to know, okay, what are you polling at? Um, what are you doing to get out there in the community? And what I feel like I get from a lot of libertarian candidates is a lot of talk. Some of them win. I mean, we I know a guy who has uh, you know hasn't necessarily. They do? 
yeah, I, has run as a libertarian, although he is not. It's a it's a it's a selectman seat, so it's a it's a nonpartisan race, and you know he knows how to campaign and make it happen. But it it seems like you get a lot of lip service. Oh yeah, things are going great out here in uh, uh, Iowa. We've been running in uh, Des Moines, knocking on doors, passing out pamphlets. We've been uh, you know actually got one debate in uh, the the this, the newspaper. Well, you know they covered the candidate. They'll say things that. You know, I have no way of really checking or not checking. And then they get their 2% and they're out the door and they didn't really do anything more than any of the other candidates that really don't do anything. It seems like a lot of people run for the Libertarian Party as paper candidates. They, they get on the ballot. And they have no intention of really trying because they have no intention. They have no expectation of really winning. Yeah, I know what you're saying. And I agree with that. And I, I'm interested in a couple things. Maybe those candidates who think they have a chance, it'd be interesting to hear their perspective. Maybe you could grill them on why you think they have a chance. And then, and then maybe a third, oh, I know, Richard Winger, third, uh, who runs, uh, what is that paper he runs? Third Party News, I believe it's called. And he tracks Green, Peace and Freedom, you know, all the other can- uh, reform, Independence Party in Minnesota. You know, and he really tracks them as far as winnability. Uh, it'd be interesting to have a little update from him only during election season here. You know, November is coming up and everything. Yeah, well, I'd be very interested to know if there are any candidates that are outstanding for some reason. I, I tend to agree with where Mark is coming from in that uh, most of the libertarian candidates are doing what they can, which means not much in the system. I don't even system, think most of them are doing what they can. With, within a system in which uh, it makes it very difficult for them to uh, to do much of anything. And you might so, be able to convince me, uh, you know. I, just because you hold on, just, just because okay. you've got yourself on the ballot, that's great. Uh, just because you've got yourself on the ballot and have been invited to uh, be interviewed in front of the local newspaper editorial board, like they do with every single candidate, doesn't mean that it's really worth talking about. Give me something, you know, something that sizzles, Doug. Sorry, I was on the ballot in California for assembly. I was endorsed by the Costa Mesa mayor at the time which was the largest city in the district I was in, it means nothing. Yeah, so I want to know, I want to know from uh, whoever it is that's interested in talking about these candidates, you know, what makes them so special. Because, you see, one of the things that will happen is if we give one candidate an interview, uh, then all of them are going to want an interview. Oh, my goodness. All of them are going to want an interview. So there's no, you're never going to hear like a candidate spotlight or anything like that on, uh, on this program. Somebody has to really be outstanding, I think, for us to really be talking about what they're doing. Give us something sexy. Give us something that's... Uh, uh, that's a unique, something that uh, is worthy of discussion, because otherwise there are hundreds of likely, I'm, I'm predicting, uh, that there are likely hundreds of people calling themselves libertarians, whether they are or not is another question, uh, but calling themselves libertarians running for political offices of various different levels all across the country. So which, you know, three are really worth talking about? And I would say John Dennis is probably, you know, one of those three. He, yeah, he's no liber- he's not libertarian. He's a Republican. But no, yeah. he's. I don't think would he back away from that word if it was uh, if he was. I don't know that. what he would do. Um, I but, mean, the guy's you know, been touted by describe anti- him as a libertarian. He's myself. been he's been touted by our friends over at antiwar.com. dot com. I mean, you just they're not going to tout too many Republicans over there. Say again, Doug. What party is he running under? Republican. The Republican Party, and he beat uh, the the neocon guy in a in the primary out Gal. in San Francisco. Gal. Oh, wow. see, actually. Uh, 
the Republican in that district then? That's he is correct. the Republican running against the Democrat, Nancy Pelosi, out wow. there in uh, San Francisco. And he's, he's worthy of your money, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I've he, given him some. He's got the chops, unlike uh, a certain son of a very popular politician who is just a uh, you know a statist. Well, he much. may very well be uh, you know hiding his views, which is what I suspect he's doing. But you know he's not he's not pushing the message um, in the same way that I feel he should. That John John Dennis yeah. is, I yeah, think John right. Dennis is. So so yeah, find me somebody else of uh, that caliber, and we'll talk about him or her. <laughs> Good ideas, guys. I hope someone. I maybe I'll go knock on Richard Winger's door and say, "Hey, dude, you got a platform here? Call in once in a while. Give him your best." And he just tracks third-party candidates. That's all he does. You've heard of him, haven't you? Yeah, I've, I've heard of the blog. The third-party yeah. yeah. whatever blog, third-party third news. Yeah. All right. There you go, Doug. for letting me spout. Hey, by all means, thanks for the suggestion. And, uh, you know, the, the, the invitation is open. So Doug wants to hear about exciting liberty-oriented candidates. I got to tell you, it takes a lot to get me into that category about feeling excited about a liberty-oriented candidate. Isn't Doug the one who won Miss Pole Dancing at uh, Porkfest? That's the man. He is quite a pole dancer. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves. You can bring up anything. Maybe you've got an answer for Doug. Uh, or you can, again, bring up whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated talk show on more than 80 talk radio stations from Alaska to Florida. We've been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation twice. And the number one political podcast on podcastawards.com four out of the last five years. You can have access to our 80 plus stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for as little as $500 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves, dial in toll-free, bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. Head on over there, enjoy all the features, and enjoy them for free, unlike those other talk show hosts who want to charge you for accessing their sites. Mark, there is a one way uh, that's a pretty important way that listeners of ours can help support the show. It's the Free Talk Live AMP program. What is that? The AMP program is uh, the opportunity that you have to join the, the sort of the, the Free Talk Live club. Uh, you, you get special perks like your own call-in line and uh, at a forum on the BBS, and uh, there's, there's several other things. There's an AMP podcast that doesn't have uh, any ads in it. But more importantly, the AMP dollars are used to advertise, market, and promote Free Talk Live. It does not go to you know, pay mortgages or car payments or anything that has to do with paychecks. We only take the money and we use it to do industry advertising or go to conventions and things like that. You were just working today, I know, on the Talkers Magazine half-page ad that we put in mm-hmm. every other issue. We are frugal as we can be with this money, but obviously you need to get your name out. And that Talkers ad has put us into the ranks of the, the if not the big boys, at least the mid-sized boys. We're on Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. We have been for two years. We moved from number 97 to number 84. Don't quote me on those numbers. Go to Talkers Magazine and check for yourself. Mm, but true. I, it's pretty close as far as those numbers go. Those, uh, those, it's all thanks to listeners like you. Yeah, those ads are raising our profile. We're going to be going out to a convention in the relatively near future. Amplifiers are going to be paying for that. 
I suppose on that instance, uh, they'll be paying for some meals and, and hotels. So uh, I guess you could talk about, uh, you know, we're getting some per- personal benefit. But, you know, I'd rather stay home than go out to a talk radio convention. So thanks to the amplifiers for getting us out in front of uh, you know the people that make these decisions. So you can uh, you can join by going to amp.freetalklive.com. The minimum contribution or membership fee or whatever you want to call it is $3 a month and you get all the perks with $3 a month. There are uh, people that choose to amp at levels like $5, $10, $25 a month. They're, they've got special metal symbols next to their names on the BBS. You can be a silver amplifier or a platinum amp- amplifier or whatever it is that you prefer. Go to amp.freetalklive.com. Toll-free number here tonight, 800-259-9231. As we continue with your phone calls, let's go to Morpheus, listening in Phoenix. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Morpheus. Hey, how's it going there, brothers? Hey, great. What's on your mind tonight? Oh, well, I'm just uh, over here in Phoenix, Arizona, and we're getting ready for the We Are Change conference on 9-11, our lives after 9-11, which uh, we're putting together care packages. We've made over... 1,100 DVDs and some other goodies to be passing out. We made some piss cards as Giuliani pisses on 911 first responders that go in the urinals. I don't know if you guys want to Google. We did that when uh, Giuliani was in uh, Phoenix uh, back in, I think it was September, October last year. Uh, Him and Laura Bush and um, Colin Powell. So we made some piss cards for him and put them in the urinals. And so we're making about 500 of those for those guys. And, you know, I'm here with Jet Lacey, and we're we're just doing the deal, man. So, so I, go ahead. No, well, I, I was at a, a local event here over the weekend in Keene, New Hampshire, on the uh, the Music Fest, and was handing out some information about freekeen.com to the attendees there, handing out hundreds of flyers to people. And I encountered some folks that were very, very nice, uh, that I, that were listeners of the show, of Free Talk Live, and, and their issue was the 9-11 thing. And of course, whenever I hear, uh, people bringing up 9-11, I have to wonder, you know, what is it that hasn't, that, uh, you know, hasn't been discovered about this yet? I mean, what, what information do you want to get out that, you know, you feel like you haven't gotten out yet in the last almost uh, entire decade? Uh, so surrounding this, because we've had people calling our show talking about it for a long time, and I've I've been skeptical on both sides. I think that uh, I don't know what the the real story is. I don't know. If, I certainly don't believe the government story, and I don't know if the uh, the conspiracy theorists have it all together either, as far as what you know what really happened. And I'm not even certain that I've uh, I've even come close to being convinced that what really happened really makes much of a difference in the long run. So what would you say to that? Well, I don't know if we, we'll ever really know what actually did happen because a lot, of, you know, the, a lot of people have you know, passed away, time's gone, the evidence is gone. But I, I can absolutely, for 100%, say without a question of doubt in my mind, in any way, shape, or form, is how did steel frame buildings come down at the rate of freefall in the direction of of maximum resistance in the direction of their own footprint. I mean, these buildings came down at freefall speeds with 80,000 tons, which is over a million tons, a million pounds of steel and concrete in the way at the rate of freefall. 
Well, so again, there are a lot I, of very there are a lot of very interesting and intriguing questions that surround. I mean, the Building Seven, of course, is a very good uh, question. How did that come down when it wasn't even hit by an airplane? Uh, so, I mean, I agree with you that there's some very interesting points that should be brought up. But do you feel that this is, uh, you know, that the do you feel that the nine eleven truth message is persuasive? Yeah, to- is it the shortest path between point A, which is government tyranny, and point B, which is some higher level of freedom than we currently have today, is the shortest path and the one of least resistance, the one through the Twin Towers? Well, for a lot of people, it did wake a lot of people up. I mean, I, I, I kind of, I had known a lot of this stuff, and then after 9-11 came around, I, I it kind of re-energized my, my thinking because I I looked at the evidence and I said, it's impossible for what they said to have happened the way they said it. And if that's the case, how could they have possibly covered it up without it being conspiracy? So the conspiracy is not on the end of the people who question the, the, how the buildings came down. The conspiracy is on the side of the government who come up with these phony, ridiculous reasons of how steel frame buildings can come down at the rate of freefall in direction of maximum resistance. Well, sure. Uh, How they uh, even come up with this stuff, so right? Indeed, uh, it, you know, and it may have uh, it may have turned you on to it, but you would have to ask, what year was it that that happened for you? And is there a freshness date? Is there an expiration date to a piece of uh, information? Because one might be able to, uh, you know, one might be able to use the, uh, uh, you know, the JFK assassination, Oklahoma as, City, as, or Oklahoma City, as an attempt to show people that there are. You know, people in government that might be nefarious folks that that wish, uh, you know, bad things on the people they serve or something, you know, whatever, whatever the line is. But it doesn't seem to me that those are the shortest paths of resistance. It seems like using things that are going on today might be the uh, the, the CDs you guys pass out, the, the Obama deception and all that stuff. I think that's good stuff. I just wonder if the 9-11 message is the right one. Well, it really doesn't. I think it's just it doesn't really matter if you can. When you wake one person up, it's kind of like a you know. What would you rather have? One million dollars today, or one grain of rice multiply or doubled for every square on a chessboard? Well, I understand the I understand the point that uh, that you're getting at there, and I have to say that when I was brought and you mentioned that this brought you in the folks I met over the weekend again very nice uh, folks I think with the best of intentions uh, they were there's no doubt that they were brought into a movement that has general liberty themes surrounding it I wouldn't say the 9/11 truthers are particularly uh, are are I think they're probably most many of them are more liberty oriented than the average person in America but many of them are not liberty oriented and they you know want to uh, get their people in charge of the government and so it's not necessarily a liberty community in the way that uh, that i see it but uh but just looking what these folks are saying there's no doubt that 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 message brought them in it it did you know they were telling me it helped them question Mm -hmm. their belief systems and and shattered their old paradigm and and that all makes sense and i i can't i can't uh you know i can't say anything negative toward that that, right i can't say i can't say anything negative toward that but i was brought into the liberty movement through the libertarian party and uh, if i had glommed on to the libertarian party as you know the best solution for introducing people to liberty simply because it worked for me uh it was probably uh, that same 
path for me, the Libertarian Party, but I would not call that the shortest path between um, no. A point A and point B. Nor would I, and I've cut them out of my life at this point. I, you know, I publicly uh, left the the Libertarian Party because I saw later, after working my butt off for years trying to uh, promote them, I saw later that there were more effective ways to achieve liberty in our lifetime, and that uh, you know, doing the same thing over and over again and getting poor results as I was with the Libertarian Party, I needed to uh, to move on. I mean, do you feel like your results that you're getting with the the 9/11 Truth message are increasing over time? That that it's uh, that's bringing people to a message of liberty, or is it just bringing to distrust of the current structure of government? I, I, I you know, sometimes it's, it's kind of sometimes one way, sometimes the other way, and, I, and I, but I believe that part of the situation is you have to have, have people understand that the government is a criminal organization, and once. Folks understand that when you take the word government and you replace it with the word mafia, everything they do comes snapped right into focus. Oh, I agree so, with that statement completely, uh, Morpheus, and I wish you good luck with your convention. And thank yeah, you. Yeah, good luck call. with that. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up what you want. This Labor Day edition, Hour 3, is coming up next. We're here live. 800-259-9231. Take control. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zimpax, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com This is Free Talk Live. It is the live Labor Day edition of the program. We will take your calls about whatever you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. You'll find that the features there are free. So head over, enjoy them. The main feature of the site allows you to submit content to the website and other listeners will then see that content. Maybe they'll share it with their friends and they'll look at it themselves and maybe we'll talk about it on the air because the most voted up, it's kind of this social networking thing. Uh, you submit something and then other listeners vote as to whether they like or dislike it. The most voted up will make it on the front page at the top of the website, meaning we're more likely to see it and talk about it here on the air. So head over, get interactive at uh, freetalklive.com. I mentioned over the weekend that we're adding a bookmarklet to the website and and I kind of added it, but it's kind of broken. So I apologize for jumping the gun on that and not uh, having things fully tested. I got a little too excited about it. So we're working on the bookmarklet. Do be patient with us, and we'll announce uh, when it is actually up and fully functional. It's partially functional right now, but when you when you use it and you click it, it, uh, it copies in the URL without a fla- uh, forward slash. So there's only one forward slash instead of two. You know, HTTP colon slash slash. There's only one there. So you could fix it by putting another slash in, but if you don't notice it, then it might... Anyway, so there are problems, but we will iron those out. Hmm. And uh, the the website's free, though. Freetalklive.com as we continue here, taking your phone calls about what you want. All All this frustration is free. All the way to Portugal, where we've got Sebastian on the line. Hello, Sebastian. Oh, hello there. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? 
Uh, well, I'm a first-time caller. I heard your show uh, on the weekend. For the first time, I decided to check it out live today. It's a bit Excellent. late over here. It's past 2 a.m. Uh, well, I just wanted to say from what I've read so far, <clears throat> the, uh, the Free State Project looks like a, a very good idea. Well, phenomenal, in fact. The I would agree. Thing, the sort of thing uh, that seems to have climbed out of a science fiction book written in the, in the 60s or something. <laughs> and uh, well, when I, when I told people over here in Portugal about it, they... They wouldn't believe it. I mean, even talking about them, uh, about government and concepts such as inalienable rights that don't come from the government, or the concept that taxation is theft, is a challenge. Let alone, you know, let alone uh, anarchic or, or, or libertarian ideals. Well, how did you? I mean, are you a por- Portugalian? How do, is it Portugalian? <laughs> uh, Portuguese, Portuguese, Portuguese uh, native. I'd, how did you come across the ideas of liberty yourself? Oh, well, that's a long story. I lived in Scotland uh, for a while, and I started, uh, well, the media in Portugal uh, is me- uh, government-controlled and practically non-existent. Really? Uh, you know, radio and television are both run by the government there? Yes, well, yeah, mo- mo- I mean, not, not, uh, not directly, not totally, but... It's worse it's than then you guys have it, have it over there, much worse. I mean, I see news... On uh, on YouTube, you know, from 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 regular folks, and we only get them here like four days later sometimes. So <laughs> so, like so I mean, just give, give me a little more on this. I'm curious. So I mean, obviously here in, uh, or maybe it's not obvious, but here in the United States, uh, you're here in North America. We've got the FCC, the Federal Communications Commission, where they approve television and radio stations for broadcast. Is it like that, but more restrictive somehow? How does uh, one start a radio station, for instance, in Portugal? Uh, I, I don't know exactly, but it's, uh, there is something equivalent to the, to the FCC. We only have uh, four channels, and then, but, but now we, ha- we have also cable television. And uh, two, of the, um, two of the channels are, are the equivalent of the BBC in the mm-hmm. UK. They are actually the, the, the state-run channels. And the, uh, the, the other two, the private channels, they only went on you know, like a, a decade ago or something. I see. So lim- limited selection uh, on the television, uh, the television spectrum. Radio stations. Do you only have four radio stations, or are there more than that? Oh, no, no, we have we have more, but it's mostly. I mean, we don't have talk shows like you like you have over, over there. Mm-hmm. You know, like political talk shows or or left leaning or right leaning to- hmm. talk shows. Yeah. yeah. That's, well, that's, why do you suppose that is? Uh, I think it's, it's I think it's a cultural thing. I uh, I've been told by uh, by Spanish friends. By English friends and, and people from France, they've come here and they they are amazed at how, how placid Portuguese are. I don't understand how your government keeps screwing you and <laughs> maybe you just complain, you know, talk to each other, but you don't do don't really do anything. There's not much uh, political activism. I mean, Americans are rapidly political. <laughs> so I've been I've been following your your politics for about a year or so. And, I've recently read the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, and I mean, I, I'm impressed when on YouTube I see like a farmer or, or a normal student, and they know how they know about the political system, and they know about laws, and, and they're laymen. And, well, I don't know how much they know. I mean, they know, but they're, what but they're interested. Oh, but, yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they're interested. And see, here in Portugal, uh, I mean, we we have our problems as everyone else with the economic crisis. 
and the the reaction is automatically, oh, government must do this or they must do that. It's like it's the government's fault. They, no one thinks, no, we're, we're going to, to pull, pull ourselves together, you know, pull our bootstraps and, and organize and do something. No, it's like, let's get those guys over there. and. It doesn't sound them. too different, honestly, from <laughs> what's happening here. Uh, I can understand how your perspective would be skewed because you come across certain selected things uh, from your perspective over there uh, that you're seeing. It seems to me that most Americans, uh, the first thing they do is look to government for solving problems. So I don't know if yeah, that's, that's there too was, different. There, there's a, it's fair to say there's, a, there's a, a small undercurrent movement, which is sort of breaking the paradigm. Oh, absolutely. There, there is a liberty movement, and it's it is growing uh, here in uh, in New in New Hampshire and around the country. Um, and you, that was originally the point of your call was you were talking about the Free State Project and kind of the bewildered responses that you're receiving from people there in Portugal when you tell them about it. Well, it must be interesting yeah. that the, the Portuguese government, uh, you know, strangely decided on their own that the drug war wasn't worth pursuing. Um, <laughs> how's that affect your life? Uh, well, it doesn't because I, uh, I I don't do any any illegal drugs. Most people don't in a society where they're legal. <laughs> well, but it does affect your life uh, because usually under a prohibition, uh, prohibition, your life is in jeopardy by you know a crack addict who wants to uh, score his next hit and is willing to hold you up at gunpoint in oh, order. Oh, well, that, that actually happened to me once. But really? It wasn't at it wasn't at gunpoint. <laughs> it was a syringe. That was back in my in my university days. Oh. Wow. Uh, well, did well, you know that they have uh, decriminalized small? As I understand it, uh, small amounts of yeah, uh, yes, drugs. But the, that's that's not entirely correct because you. I just saw it on the on the newspapers uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it's still it's still illegal, like to to plant uh, cannabis or hemp. I mean, oh yeah, really it's have, still illegal at most at yeah. uh, higher levels, but it's not, it's my understanding that uh, possession of small you, amounts are yeah. Legal. If you have if you, if you have a joint or something, you won't have a SWAT team bursting down your door or anything yeah. like that. But, but I think that has more to do with uh, the government not wanting to, to spend money with that rather than. You know, in, in any libertarian. Ideology. I think you may be right about that, but nonetheless, it's it's an interesting case study, or it's an interesting, I guess not a case study, but it's an interesting study in uh, in what happens after you deprohibit something. Uh, at least to even to a small extent, there are some pretty significant positive uh, results. So uh, obviously, it's pretty difficult to get up here for the Free State Project if you don't live already in uh, the so-called United States. Uh, do you have a plan to make uh, make an uh, to make a move here? Uh, well, I would like, but uh, but given your your immigration laws, I think that would be possible. Yeah, it does uh, seem difficult. Have, well, we welcome your signature anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, you can still join the Free State Project, even if you can't immediately make the move. Since since we got a few seconds, I, I'd like to ask a couple more questions. Um, at what age does is one able to purchase alcohol at a store in Por- Portugal, and at what age is one allowed to uh, participate in consensual sex in Portugal? Uh, consensual sex or heterosexual heterosexual relations is 16, and uh, consumption of alcohol is 18. 18. And so that's same thing for to, for to get a driver's license. Driver's license, interesting. Very good. Hey, thanks for the info. Good uh, good call. Thanks for uh, appreciate you listening, and uh, hopefully we'll hear from you again. Always interesting to get the. Uh, international perspective on things 800-259-9231 you can take control of the airwaves take control at 800-259-9231 and bring up pretty much anything it's when we call it free talk live
Free Talk Live amplifiers get access to higher quality archives free of commercial breaks and other perks. Join AMP for just $3 per month at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. It is the live Labor Day edition of the program. We're here to take your phone calls. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy features like our news updates. You get signed up, and we'll keep you in the loop. Whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live, just go to news.freetalklive.com and get signed up there. It's free, of course. You can follow our email updates, or you can... uh, Follow us on Twitter or Facebook, whichever way, whichever delivery method works best for you. We've got it uh, over at news.freetalklive.com. Now then, are you frustrated with the lack of freedom where you live? Tired of the oppressive state intruding into your business and personal life? Well, if you knew that thousands of liberty-loving people were all moving to the same place and getting active, would you join them? You can. Join the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org, like Brooke Kelly did. And she just, uh, we talked to her at the beginning of the show. We're starting to see more, you know, name liberty activists getting on board here. Uh, people with kind of a reputation already of, of being out there and doing activism around the country. They're starting to see New Hampshire as, uh, as a real place to be. And for good reason, because people just keep showing up. Hundreds of people are already here. Over 10,000 people have made the pledge to uh, to get here to New Hampshire, and we want to hit at least twenty thousand people. So you know, help us if, out. If 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 the Free State Project seems like a hard sell to you, it's because we you know people that believe in something tend to be hard sellers. We believe in the Free State Project. We are no doubt, no doubt about it. Zealots for the Free State Project. I think that it's the only opportunity for liberty in our lifetimes, or the most effective. Well, we still always have an open invitation uh, for you if you have a better solution, if you've got something that you think is a much better idea than the Free State Project, or maybe even an equivalent of an idea uh, as the Free State Project. Uh, Our phones are always open, and you're always welcome to call in and tell us about it at 1-800-259-9231. And this isn't even an overnight solution. This is going to take some time. It's going to take a long while. You've got to get the people to make the move, and they've got to get settled in, and they've got to get active. And it's still, it's going to be years before we actually have real freedom whatever that means this kind of elusive goal that's somewhere out there i'm just looking for more freedom i'd like to see my uh, see the the taxes going down rather than going up it's possible i think that's possible here in new hampshire it's possible when you get like-minded people together and if we can only get Paul Hogan involved, speaking of taxes, uh, Reuters reporting that actor Paul Hogan, the star of Crocodile Dundee, and I don't know, what else is Paul Hogan known for? Has, I have not much else. Has he done anything since? Is he like really big in Australia and they're just kind of Australian movies that don't make it make the trip over here? I don't or, know. Or has he just kind of uh, supplanted himself by doing Subaru commercials ever since you know the mid-1990s? I haven't even seen him on one of those recently. Yeah. Well, I don't know if they're recent. I, that's a good good point. Anyway, actor Paul Hogan uh, has vowed to continue fighting the Australian tax office, which has barred him from leaving Australia until he pays a massive bill, saying he's a victim of a witch hunt. Hogan, who's now 70, was served with a departure hmm. prohibition order. Departure prohibition. That's right. You cannot leave. You know, the United States has a uh, an ex, uh, you know, I don't know what the, the term is, but if you decide you want to leave the country, you have to pay a tax to leave. 
Is that true? Yes. I thought there was only over $10,000. Oh, so likely if you show them any amount of money and tell them you're leaving, they're They're going to want some of it. Um, And I will admit to you that it is uh, the lower the amount of money, the more difficult it is to, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's going to be the more easy it's going to be to hide it. But I'd also point out they're leaving. What's that? Who would tell the government they're leaving? I don't leaving? know. I'd like to point out that the people with enough money, just this, this is only to catch people who are kind of ignorant. Well, right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, don't let the government know you're going to be leaving the country. Just leave and then somehow get your bank account, you know, slowly transfer your money over or something like that. There has to be a way to uh, to do it that won't set off red flags. So if, if that's what you're looking to do, you should do your due diligence first and you know, don't write mommy government a nice little note saying, by the way, I've decided I'm going to become an expatriate. Now, what form should I fill out to let, uh, you know, to make this all yeah. legal? I'd like your permission to leave. Can, may I fill out, have the forms yeah. to fill out? So uh, Hogan was served with a departure prohibition order 10 days ago while in Australia to attend his 101-year-old mother's funeral, which has pre- uh, prevented him from leaving to return to Los Angeles where he lives with his wife and son. Uh, the Australian tax office refused to comment on reports of seeking tax on 34 million U.S. dollars worth of allegedly undeclared income from Hogan, saying it cannot give details of individual taxpayers. But the actor went public in the Australian media this week to put forward his side in his five-year row with the tax office. That's a British term for fight. Saying he had done nothing wrong and the tax office was on a witch hunt for a high-profile case. He says, I can't pay 10% of what they're asking. Bugger them. The actor told Australian television, I think that's a curse word, Nine Networks, (laughs) current affair program broadcast late Tuesday. He said, if I was a tax evader, which I'm not, I must be the dumbest one in the world to keep coming back here instead of fleeing to a tax haven. I know they're absolutely desperate to nail some high-profile character with money to justify the expense to the taxpayer. Hogan, who was once a painter on the Sydney Harbour Bridge, is under investigation as part of Australia's biggest probe into offshore tax evasion, Operation Wickenby. The operation is budgeted to cost at least $300 million. The tax office has claimed he put tens of millions of dollars in film royalties in offshore tax havens, a claim that he has denied he has never been charged with. Fine with me if he does. I mean, I'm all for offshore tax havens if they work out for you. He has never been charged with tax evasion. They're just saying he owes them a bunch of money, apparently. A popular Australian TV comedian, Hogan, hit international fame as Crocodile Dundee in 1986's Crocodile Dundee, which went on to become Australia's most successful film ever. (laughs) <laughs> and won Hogan a Golden Globe for Best Actor. Two sequels followed, and Hogan married his Dundee co-star, Linda Kozlowski, which was his second marriage. He has repeatedly said, if anything, he's paid too much tax in Australia. He said, I've paid more than a wise businessman would have. I don't have and never had the money people think I've got. And it's none of their business, he added. Yeah. And, of course, he's absolutely right about that, but... Who knows what will be the next uh, step in the saga of uh, Paul Hogan, who's now prohibited from leaving the mainland of Australia, trapped uh, within his home country and essentially being held for ransom. He himself is saying he can't afford to pay whatever it is they're demanding from him. They're claiming he's got all this undeclared income, but they won't cite any details about it. I guess not until it goes to court. So will this 70-year-old man end up in a prison cell for the rest of his life? How exactly will the state of Australia handle this? 
if uh, if Paul Hogan is brought before some sort of magistrate over there and they find him guilty of tax evasion or uh, find him guilty of this undeclared income, 34 million U.S. dollars worth of undeclared income, how will they – I mean, if he doesn't have it, yeah, what do, will they do to him? I think they're probably just making this number up. They're trying to assume this number. If – if they if they don't know what if it's an offshore account, how do they know the amount? Anyway, I, I fully support him. I mean, obviously, it's his money and it's none of anybody else's business, and they should leave him the heck alone and leave everybody the heck alone. You know this this whole idea that they can keep somebody in the country from from leaving. Come on, really? If Paul Hogan wants to get out of the the country of Australia, he could go ahead and do that. I mean, there's some way he can get out of there. Yeah, he probably could. You're right. Well, uh, if we hear more, we'll let you know. And if you hear more, let us know. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. Some of our Down Under listeners may have some thoughts. You're certainly welcome to share them with us. And bring up whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Take control of the airwaves. 800-259-9231. It's a live Labor Day edition of the program. As always, it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features there. They're totally free, including listening options, got broadband and dial-up streams of the show running around the clock. You'll get the latest episode whenever you tune in, and if you're tuning in live, you'll hear us live. Uh, Plus, you can also watch our webcam, and you can enjoy the Free Talk Live listen lines that allow you to dial in via any phone that can call long distance and listen again around the clock to Free Talk Live. It's all over at listen.freetalklive.com. So how soon do you want to start teaching that child special to you about the ideas of liberty? I personally couldn't start soon enough. So I got the book, An Island Called Liberty, for my son, Jack. It's a picture book. It, it is uh, sort of in the, the vein of Dr. Seuss with a much more liberty theme to it. It's a simp- it's simple story, graceful rhymes, and beautiful illustrations on every page. It's a, it's a picture book. Um, it it will, could make it one of your child's favorites. I, you know, you never know what a kid's going to like, but let's give them the options that, uh, you know, that, so that they have them. Um, you know, this book is for... I'd say kids anywhere from, it might be a little early for 18 months, but what's the worst thing that could happen? Two years old to four or five, maybe six years old. It's an island called Liberty. You can get it at at freemarketunderdog.com. Christmas is coming up. An island called Liberty, freemarketunderdog.com. Use coupon code FTL, save 10%. Let's continue with your phone calls about what you want. Jet is listening in Arizona. Jet, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Mark. Hello, hey, Jet. how you doing? Hey, Jet. Um, this is Jet from Phoenix, Arizona, and we're we're calling in from uh, you know I, I was working with Morpheus here. We're down to Freedom's Phoenix Studios, making some DVDs for the 9/11 event. And I heard you talking to Morpheus earlier. This isn't really what I want to talk about, but you know about what good does bringing about 9/11 do, and what good it does is to realize that the government is lying to us. 
and that if we just prove that the science in and of itself doesn't add up, that I think that that is worthy of pursuing on a, you know, on a deeper level. Well, uh, did you uh, understood, right? So at what point does uh, that wasn't really the question is, is it worth pursuing or not worth pursuing? The question was for Morpheus, is it the shortest path between point A, which is tyranny and point B or, you know, the level of tyranny we're experiencing today and point B, the, uh, you know, some whatever level of freedom it is that you hope to achieve. So I guess I'd ask you this question. If uh, something occurred, I don't know, what was the uh, what was the it was the Maine that was destroyed in the harbor for that started off the Spanish-American War. Right, what I remember if, the Maine. What's that? Remember the main. Yeah, right? remember the main. So you've got this uh, boat that was, uh, could it have been sabotaged by the United States government because they, in fact, wanted to be in a war with Spain? Now, you and I don't know this, but I'm sure somebody has speculation on this and maybe some facts to, well, to go about with the it. Gulf of Tonkin? I mean, you want to point to something right. where you well, don't right. need to speculate? There's... Right, Gulf of Tonkin uh, of quite a few decades ago. And I guess you can use these as examples of how the government may attempt to manipulate the, the media or whatever it is. But I, I you know... What my question is, and I still I remain of the opinion that the 9-11 issue isn't the isn't the tip of the spear that you're going to be able to point to the heart of this issue. However, let me point out to you okay. something that the reason that the We Are Change is doing this event is to raise money for the first responders who are not getting they're dying in droves and not getting any health care. And that is the most important thing. It's not actually about 9-11 in and of itself. It's not even about the conspiracy, if you want to call it that. It's about standing up for those that stood up at the time that it was the most important. Yeah, I think that that's a, I it's a, think nice it's a better better direction to take it, and I uh, you know I applaud that. I think that that uh, you have a, an opportunity to, to to do good work that uh, will get people's attention. You'll have a chance to bend their ear at that time, and I think that's uh, that sounds good. So, Jet, what else were you calling about tonight? Uh, you know, Brooke Kelly's a friend of mine, and you know, I actually she featured me in her little video talking about the um, the end of the Ron Paul revolution, and I absolutely categorically disagree that the Ron Paul revolution is dead. I didn't get a chance to hear her, uh, you know, you guys interview her. However, I was like chomping at the bit when I heard about it earlier that I wanted to call in. And uh, I wish that she was on the air with me, but... I think that, uh, to, you know, if, if I could, to attempt to encapsulate what I understood, and Mark, correct me if you, miss, if you interpret it differently, uh, but from what Brooke said, she's been traveling around the country and has visited a lot of uh, meetups and, and you know, the former Ron Paul uh, revolution activists and has, has found a lot of burnout, has found a lot of drop-off. Uh, that uh, essentially things aren't moving in, in what she's perceived as a very positive direction to uh, to achieve more liberty in our lifetime. And so when she came up here to New Hampshire and saw all the continued activism that's going on here, uh, it was like a night and day contrast for her. And she uh, decided that, that at that point that uh, that New Hampshire was uh, was her future for liberty. Absolutely. And I think that that is a beautiful direction in which to go, however... I also think that there's a lot of the, the younger people, the voluntarists that are unwilling to accept that any way to get the message out is a positive way to go. And sometimes, you know, you use a vehicle that's, that's available to you, and the Ron Paul revolution 
Ron Paul, he's the one that will say it himself. It's about a set of ideas. It's not about the man. Mm -hmm. The man, of course, will die. But those ideas that he espouses will live on, and it's just one nice, neat package that you can kind of work with that can reach literally millions and millions of American people. Do you feel like, Jet, your uh, perspective might be a little skewed, considering you're calling us from Phoenix, that, Arizona? Yeah, that was going to be my statement um, next, is I was going to jump in and, like, you know, next to New Hampshire, there are a couple of other places in the United States that see some liberty activity, and I would say those are Austin, Texas, and Phoenix, Arizona. Um, and so the people in those places are probably not the, the, including New Hampshire, are probably not the best barometer or thermometer, if you want to talk about uh, sticking it in the place where the sun doesn't shine, in order to, to test the temperature of America. Those aren't the best people to give the statement on whether or not the Ron Paul revolution is dead or at least uh, in, in, a sta- in a comatic state or, or whatever it is. You, you very well could be correct. I don't know. I, uh, the first time that I was invited to something for, you know, to start activism was Ernest Hancock talking about how he was going to open the Freedom of Phoenix workshop. And I lived a quarter mile away, and I was like, wow, this is just meant to be. And then the very next week, I was moving in here. So I guess, yes, maybe my viewpoint is a little bit skewed, because I actually walked into, by you know, geographic luck, into a nuclear-grade activism. Group. Oh, yeah. Right. Absolutely. And so because... I'm, not, I'm not discounting that on any level. I'm just saying that I see it as a group, a set of ideas that I think a lot of the younger people still, even though they're saying voluntarism, agorism, they're really making it about Ron Paul himself. Right. Well, they're doing that, but like the ideas, the ideas were there before Ron Paul. The ideas will be there after Ron Paul. And the question is, is the Ron Paul revolution, which is probably the the most uh, the biggest thing that's happened to the ideas of liberty in certainly my lifetime and and the lifetimes of many people around. You know, Ayn Rand probably was the, the next closest thing. And what she did for the ideas of liberty, it's. You know, I, 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 it doesn't seem like as much is happening now as was going on in 2008 to me. Right, but you wait until 2011 early when Ron Paul decides to run for president. That's just it, Jed. I don't want to wait. Markedly. Well, no, I agree with you. Clearly, that would be true, right? I mean, then all of a sudden, people are going to get jazzed up again. Yeah, because uh, people would vote for a pineapple to get rid of Obama. They're, they're going to get excited, and Ron Paul has got the message, you know, and he's got it down pretty well. So I agree with you, but that's just it. I don't want to just wait. And I don't think that uh, Brooke Kelly wants to just wait either. And I know that a lot of the folks there in Phoenix aren't just waiting around, and that's why yeah, you're that's perceiving... Why you're out, passing out CDs. Right, that's why you're perceiving as things really happening, whereas Brooke's saying she's going from place to place, and she's seeing things dying off, and uh, maybe the guys from Liberty on tour will have a new perspective on this as they return in the next few weeks. Jet, thanks for the call. I appreciate hearing from you down there at the Freedoms Phoenix studios, freedomsphoenix.com. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. What are your pers- what's your perspective on the Ron Paul revolution? Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free 
Talk Live. Only moments remain. Enough time for your call, though, if you make it now. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves even in the remaining moments. By the way, it is Ian with you. And Mark. And we invite you to our website at freetalklive.com. Different ways for you to help the show. One of them is by promoting Free Talk Live. You can go to promote.freetalklive.com. Get a whole list of things you can do to help get Free Talk Live into more ears around the world. And go to promote.freetalklive.com. So, Mark, uh, there was a certain infectious discussion you wanted to have here, uh, and I thought it was entirely appropriate. So what's going on? Yeah, you know, th- there's been things going on with Dale's movie that uh, I'm sure he'll he'll uh, hip us all to when he, he sits down, um, uh, you know, with us uh, Thursday or Friday night, whatever he comes in. But It's tough dealing with multiple uh, personalities placed in a small, confined area together for a long period of time. Indeed. But, you know, what it brought up for me was this sort of question, and I've heard accusations, and I you know, I'm not going to talk about any names or anything like that. Um, that's not really the point. Mm-hmm. The, the, I guess the question that I want to kind of explore is, is being infected with something and then going out in public, is that aggression? You know, mm. I guess I think there's a lot of uh, facets to this uh, this particular idea, you know, that uh, well, someone was infected, apparently, and allegedly didn't really reveal that information until perhaps too late. Yeah, you know, it wasn't as forthcoming with, a, you know, has an ongoing yeah. issue or something like that. Um, and, and then allegedly wasn't too interested in remedying uh, that situation when given the opportunity. Right. And I think you're dealing with lots of issues here, sort of uh, social norms. I was taught when I was growing up, uh, I was I, I received pers- uh, perfect attendance in school. I can't tell you how many times, like six times from K through eight or I mean, just an incredible amount of times I was taught by my, you know, good hard-working German stock folks that you go to work or school when you're sick and there's no excuses. Do it. Unless you're dying, do it. And so in the process, I'm exposing all these kids to whatever illness it is that I have. And anybody who has a kid who's in school or nursery or something like that knows that it's a cesspool of infection. And I guess goes around. You know what the, the question is, is knowing that you're infected with something i think there's a there's a gray area here if you have aids and you have sex with somebody with the intent of spreading the aids virus to that person i believe you're ag- aggressing against that person i would agree with that would you agree yeah. with that yeah and so that you know like maybe that ought to be considered a crime but if you've got an infection and you're not well informed about it or, or you-, you know you've got but i'm saying you know some people don't know how disease spreads mm-hmm. um, having a cold you can be i can stand next to you and it's unlikely you're going to catch a cold if we french kiss on the other hand much more likely that you're going to catch a cold. Yeah. So I, I think the right thing to do when dealing with people is, you know, when they want to shake hands, you say, hey, feeling a little feeling a little under the weather. I'll be happy to shake your hand, but understand you're taking, you're taking a risk. You're taking a risk that, I, that you know, that you might get to catch this cold. Most of them will say, no, thanks. And they'll give you a nice wave and appreciate mm-hmm. that you did it. And being a businessman, a salesperson for a good portion of my life, I have done this. Uh, this is you know, and when I deal with people, I keep the little the little bit of uh, Purell with me, and I put it on my hands. I try to do it not in front of them. Some people will take it as an insult. What are you saying? I'm infected? Yes. I'm saying mm-hmm. that all of us are infected with all kinds of things, that you're just as dirty as the rest of them. But, you know, I, you know people don't always understand it. They, they'll they take it as an insult if you use Perel in front of them. Uh, I guess I'm just hmm. sort of wondering, you know, at what level does uh, being 
infected with something, knowing that you're infected, going out in public? Should everybody who has a cold quarantine stay, themselves. quarantine themselves voluntarily? And if they don't, are they bad? Or should they wear one of those little masks like Michael Jackson used to wear? Yeah, I think he was wearing that more to uh, protect himself than uh, pr- prevent himself from infecting other people, wouldn't you guess? I suppose, yeah, he's paranoid. I mean, it's, it just seems yeah. likely. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's an excellent question, um, and I don't know if there's a clear answer, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, the toll-free number here, if you want to chime in with your thoughts, 800-259-9231. Another question on the table is, is the Ron Paul revolution dead or dying? Uh, what's your perspective on that as well? Uh, plenty of time for your thoughts here. So I think if that- you hug or kiss somebody, if you shake their hand, you've got a cold, if you've got some kind of ongoing infection that, uh, you know, I mean, some people aren't well, you know, um, does that make you aggressive? Is somebody who isn't uh, as quite as well informed? Some people just don't take infection as seriously. Like mm-hmm. I said, I was taught you go to work or school when you're sick. No excuses. You That's just what I've excuses. always done. I just work through it. Yeah. But do you understand how doing that would put other people that you work with in danger? You flush the toilet at work. You use the little handles in the sink. You turn doorknobs. And the touching of those things by other people gives them a chance and not a small one of catching that uh, cold or flu. Mm. Or is that the risk that one takes when one just walks out the door of one's house that's another good yeah that's a great point if you're going outside you're going outside of an area that you can control Mm -hmm. you might just run up across anybody with who knows what right i mean you never know what's gonna what sort of transaction will uh transpire out there involving little germs that could do things to you right so yeah yeah, is that just well okay it's just a risk you take that you might run into uh, somebody spreading tuberculosis it, it, tuberculosis is out there and we're all just these dirty little disease carriers and you know nobody washes their hands enough and if you do you're ocd and <laughs> you know it's a yeah. it's a it's a tough issue to really kind of nail down as to what's right what's wrong i think you've got to be on the lookout you're responsible for your own uh, well-being if you're going to decide to go kiss kissing folks that you don't know necessarily hey those are risks that you take uh, the expectation that that other person is somehow uh, responsible for your well-being doesn't seem very fair. I mean, really, does somebody, some guy who uh, hires a streetwalker really have the expectation that that gal is uh, taking every precaution necessary in order to, to keep themselves healthy? It seems to me if they walk the streets that, uh, you know, you, you could expect that. Well, now, according to the allegations in this particular case this we're particular talking case, about— right? Uh, according to the allegations in the particular case, the information was revealed at a certain point that the individual in question do, uh, does have a, st- a staff infection, apparently. Mm-hmm. And uh, then it was also somehow discovered that that same person had been using certain utensils that other people uh, had used right. and uh, certain, I guess, uh, personal care utensils uh, to without getting too specific right. this to person reveal. was uh, was was. You know, being physical with people and using uh, personal care items of other people. and Yeah, like a towel, for instance. You know, uh, and and there's, you know, you, just living life, you can you can spread things. And I guess, you know, in this particular case, does it sound like this person could have been negligent? I don't know. I wasn't there. But, it, it you know, it has that sound. But negligence to me isn't aggression. 
And I agree. I, the the next the next question Nor is ignorance. You know, you're dealing with people's societal norms, and I think we're changing here. We're still the human race, American society, whatever term you want to use, is still wrapping its mind around the idea that colds don't come from getting cold. Mm. That, you know, fever doesn't come from petting rats or whatever it is, that it comes from infections. And those infections come from other human beings. And I mean, you know, you these are these are the things that you're dealing with. And I think that people don't. Aren't, they aren't all on the same plane here. They're not all thinking, whoa, I can't shake your hand. There's been times that I've had a cold that I've shook someone's hand and I haven't thought about telling them. It just didn't come to my mind. What can you do? Different, Right. You forget sometimes. Uh, but, but I went outside the house knowing that I was ill. So And also, some to, people just not- don't take sickness as seriously as other people do. Yeah, and that's one of the the things that has become a factor, I think, in this particular case, is that the person in question was in the, the information came out, and the person in question was uh, revealed. It was told to to that person that there was concern amongst the rest of the cast and the crew of the right. movie about this, and that they were willing to work together to get that person uh, some help. And I think it was an issue of uh, that person not taking it very seriously, or at least that was certainly the impression that I could tell that the other people got. Also, it's an embarrassing thing. Like that's terribly embarrassing to be saying, "Hey, you're you're infected with stuff. You're you're virulent." But but there's a difference between uh, maybe having a you know childish making fun of someone because of that and saying, "Look, we care we care about you." Indeed, but there's still interpretations on the other side. I'm not saying that every that people right, and and so allegedly the person in question lashed out. With some not so nice things that uh, that were said, and you know, there's been more drama. It doesn't sound like it was handled uh, particularly well. Um, you know, I I guess what I'm <sighs> well, I don't know who mishandled what. I'm not sure right. about that. I'm not going to make a statement there because well, we don't it's know certainly what all turned this... into some drama. Yeah. and if it's turned into some drama, that means it was mishandled. It could have been handled. Now, better. this could have been. A, but by the way, in case anybody was wondering, I think there's one important point to point out. This isn't a free stater. Uh, who's Why the is that question? important? I don't know. It could have been a free. Could very well have been a free stater. Right. I mean, I'm just talking about people who, who you know take uh, take infections and things like that. Hygiene, I guess yeah. you could call it. I don't. I wouldn't call it hygiene. Hygiene is usually considered taking baths and stuff. But you know how people take those, and just wondering what people consider it as far as aggression. Yeah. You can answer it tomorrow night at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. See you then. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. gold.freetalklive.com. 